turning your Bible to Ephesians chapter 6. Has this time been weird or what? It's like, I, I, I laughed, you know, with people. There's crazy things on Facebook and everything going on right now, but I really get a kick out of, you know, which level of Jumanji did we just hit? <clears throat> and that's very true uh, when, it, when you come across of what it looks like and everything happening right now. So it started with the COVID. I'll be honest, when they were saying <clears throat> that there's a chance that we would be canceling service. I, I literally said to a group of people, I said, no, that ain't going to happen. I mean, it's not that bad. I mean, and then well, I, was, I was so wrong. <laughs> it's like, do you guys realize today it's three months, three months that this has been going on and all this transition. And so there's been all this global pandemic and all the, the hospitals and the first responders and uh, we're, we're hand sanitizing every, every two seconds and we're face masking. And I mean, just all the difference. Our world was shook all at once. And in the middle of that, we got the craziest weather on top of that. So I don't know how many of you guys realize that in all my life of being here, 20 years of Fellowship Baptist Church, I've never seen anything like that. This was, this was the church across the street. This is that church right there. Completely got flooded. And we actually watched that happen, went over and tried to help them why that was happening. Our church parking lot, we could see uh, this part, our church parking lot turned into a lake. Our, our basement got flooded. It was the, the neighborhoods across from us. I don't know how many of you guys noticed that was going on. Winchester Pike was literally completely underwater, completely flooded. And because that it flooded in that way, they actually had to get the uh, uh, fire department to bring in boats and rescue our neighbors from our neighborhood. I'm not, I'm not just saying in our community, I'm talking that house right there. You say, what is going, what in the world is going on? And then on top of that, we have this injustice going on, and it's Facebook, and the world goes crazy, and then we've got the rioting, and we've got just all all this division, and then we're creeping up on an election. (laughs) Dear God, help us. Because I'm thinking that's not going to cause any division, so we should be fine there. Say, why are you saying all this? If we walk away from everything that God is doing right now, we don't have our eyes open. Something's wrong with Christians. When the Bible tells us in Matthew 24, when he said, in these things must come to pass. Do you know what Jesus was saying with that? And he was talking about perilous times. He said, these things have to happen. They're going to happen. And the crazy thing is, it is our generation experiencing these things. And you're saying, that, are you going to start on that soapbox that you believe that Jesus is coming true? I'm going to tell you with all of my heart that I believe that Jesus is coming soon. Amen. You say, you don't know for sure. The Bible is for sure in everything that it says. Amen. And the Bible has given us so many instructions and warnings and all these things. And, and I'm, going to, I'm going to challenge you on Wednesday night. We're doing Wednesday night online. Challenge you on Wednesday to t- tap into our Bible studies because we're answering these big questions that are going in. And we're breaking it down and doing it slow. But these things are important for us to understand. And on top of everything that I talked about, the Bible says that there are certain things that are going to happen. We're going to experience lawlessness. We're going to experience division. We're going to experience a great falling away. We're going to experience all these things that are going to happen. You realize that Satan has raised his game of what he's doing. And you say, what is going on in the world? I'll tell you what's going on in the world right now. Satan is... Is charging with everything that he has is exactly what he's doing. 
There's a story in the Bible that Jesus goes to the maniac of Gadara, and it's one of the only times in the Bible that we hear a demon talking back. And the demon says in that passage in Matthew 8, 29, and it says, Behold, they cried out, saying, What have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God? Are thou come hither to torment us before the time? Before what time? The demon knows there is coming an end. There is coming a time that they will be tormented and they have a job that they're going to do. They're not unaware of the things that God has said. And he said, are you going to come before the time? And the Bible talks about the end times and the Bible talks about last days and it says all of these things. Take your Bible to Ephesians chapter 5 verse 16 and then we're going to bounce around in Ephesians mainly in chapter 6. Challenge everybody, even at home, as you're watching and you're saying, I'm not there Don't get distracted. It's important for you guys to pull your Bibles out too. So make sure that we're all staying in this together. And uh, he says, look at Ephesians 5.16. As he's he's talking to the church, Paul is talking to the church of Ephesus. And he says, redeeming the time. Why? Because the days are evil. Just evil days. He said, you better better take advantage of every moment of every day. This is why. Because the days are evil. Now, I'm going to show you something that maybe we don't fully understand. He, 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 he raises the bar with this. He talks about Satan's big finish and him pulling out all the punches and perilous times will come and, and it attacked all the way, and the attack that we had in Genesis. And at the very end of it, he's not going to stop attacking truth and what God has established. And we get to this other passage in Ephesians chapter 6. And what does it say? It says in verse 13, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be withstand, not in the evil days, but it says in the evil day, having done all the stand. Redeem the time, because I'm telling you, evil, 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 evil. But I mean, saying it's going gonna, it's gonna to build up to a mess, an evil day. You talk about when, when the lines are blurred and right is wrong and wrong is right and the world turns and flips everything upside down. He's talking about this difficult times that are going to come and we can feel it, we can see it. And it's spiritual, spiritual warfare that has been escalated and elevated in our lives. So let's break it down. I, I, I thought about this. It's just like anything else. You go back to the manual So we're like, man, these are some evil days. I'm going to go back to the manual and see what the Bible says about evil days. I I, I want to know how to fight this. I want to know what's right. I want to know what to do here. So he says in Ephesians 6 verse 10, he says, finally, my brethren, he, he gets to the end of this chapter and he says, hey, guys. I need you to pay attention. I, 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 I'm going to wrap this up, but let me tell you, this is important what I'm telling you. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand in the, uh, against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. I ask the question, and I, I pose this as our message today, now what? What do we do? Because I, I know as a church we're to serve God and do what's right and everything, but sometimes God, God kind of did a timeout and called us back and said, come here, guys, come here. <laughs> I need you. You need to get out there. You need to take this serious. You need to, you need to raise the bar. You, you need to go all out. You need to understand what's going on. Let, let me word it like this as he was saying this at the beginning. He says, now what? He says, now it's time to wake up. 
I'm, I'm telling you, the church, it's time to wake up. You say, why are you saying it like that? Everything that he's saying is these emphatic statements that he says, be strong in the Lord and the power of his mind. Why did he even have to say that? And have you ever told your kids, I tell my kids all the time when they're leaving my house, I say, be careful. And it's like, Dad, I know to be careful, but I still say it. I, I want to bring a reminder to their mind to be careful. He's bringing a reminder to our minds of things that we can get lax on. Here's what I'm saying. If we are the last church in the last days and this is happening, the description of the church of the last days, listen to this, what the Bible says about the church. I know about the evil. I know about the wicked. I know about Satan's attacks and everything, but let me tell you about us. The Bible says in the last days, the love of God's people will grow cold. The Bible says about us that there will be a great falling away. The Bible says about Christians that they would become lukewarm. The Bible says about the church, he says in, in Revelation 3, he said, I wish that you would be zealous. He says about, uh, in, in Romans, he talks about how it's high time to awake out of our sleep, out of our slumber. You think about everything that he says to the church, it's not, hoorah, you guys are doing awesome. We approach the evil days, and you know what begins to happen? We begin to pa- be passive we adapt. We become lukewarm. We're like, we, we talk about the coming of Jesus Christ, and it's like, I've heard that my whole life, man. I know one day that's going to come, and I said this in my message a while back. It's amazing how when Jesus Christ came the first time, nobody came looking or expecting him. Think about it. Three, or the wise men showed up two years later. A bunch of shepherds showed up, but that was the big hoopla. Nobody came out looking. They even went to them and said, to Herod and them said, hey, we saw this star. The promise has come. What did they do? Nothing. They didn't get up. They didn't go looking. They didn't go after him or whatever. And they just say, what's it going to be like the second time? If they were passive the first time, let, dear Lord, help us not to be passive the second time. So he says in this thing, he says, hey, church, we are in spiritual war. This is an engaged fight. This is combat. You better put on the full arm of God or you're going to get run over. You better listen to what we're trying to say. It is time for the church to wake up. It's time for you to be aware. You need to understand what is happening. Gear up. Wake up. This is going down. He says, now what? what? Now it's time for the church to wake up. Here's the second thing. Please listen. We've got to fight the real enemy. We have got to fight the real enemy. The reason why he's describing this in this passage is says, for we wrestle not against politicians. We wrestle not against each other. Church, family, marriage, flesh and blood. Is, is Pastor Bryce and Pastor Dave in here? Is, is, uh, an, you guys come up here for a minute. I've not been able to do this, so this is fun for me to be able to pull people up like this. Listen to what he was saying as he was talking about. The Bible is describing people. He says, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, so let's, let's grab flesh and blood. This is what we're talking about. This can represent anybody or anything in our culture and our world. Anybody. Brothers and sisters in Christ, brothers and sisters in real life, it can represent uh, races, it can re- represent nations. It can re- it, it, flesh and blood is very clear. He, he didn't put a label on it. And the Bible tells us this, that we have an, our enemy is an unseen enemy, is what he was describing. He said it's not, but against principalities and all these things. So you do realize that we are supposed to be flesh and blood. We're supposed to come together, all the things that we're doing. But all of a sudden, our attention is on everything but 
the unseen enemy. As he's describing it, here's Satan all around us. You guys understand? This is Satan all around us. He is constantly doing whatever he can, and nobody's, you're fine. Nobody, nobody's sitting there calling out saying, oh, look, it's the devil. Go all the way back to Genesis, in three, uh, Genesis when uh, the serpent came in. Now, guys, honestly, for us in our day and age, if we would know what we know now and saw that serpent, we would have been like, Adam, Satan is here. We better get out of here while we can. But that's not what happened in that passage. He slithered right into the middle of them. The Bible says he was subtle. And he came in and began to deceive them and mess with their minds and do all these things. The Bible says that he was subtle. And you know what we got as a result of that? We've got Adam mad at Eve, Eve mad at Adam, them both mad at the serpent, which was an okay part. And then you've got the division that came between them and God. And what Bible is trying to clearly say through all of this is he's pointing this out. He says, we have an unseen enemy. Ephesians 2.2 in the same uh, book of the Bible. He called him the prince in the power of the air. Now think about all the descriptions of what he says with this, the prince and the power there. He is literally saying with all of this that he is all around us. He is working through social media. He is working through CNN. He is working through Fox News. He is working through our opinions. He is working in everything that he can get his hands on. But the thing is, if we as Christians don't wake up and be like, he is not the problem. And by the way, this is anybody that is alive. is not the real enemy, and we have to do this. You guys can be seated, but don't go far. I want you guys to know that our enemy does not fight the way that you think. See, the Bible is very clear. They put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil days. Talked about being able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The wiles is talking about the methods or the schemes of the devil. See, he is subtle. And what he does, and he works in certain ways. And we've got to understand how the Bible was talking about how he works by the wiles of the devil, the methods of the devil. See, it would be great, wouldn't it be, if we walked into the store and, you know, in the different places and there's, a, there's the Ouija boards and all that kind of stuff and the tarot cards. And we sit there and go, ooh, that's evil. I mean, that's, that's bad. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to draw the star on the floor and light candles and, you know, you know, you know what I'm saying, all that stuff. When we think of evil, that's what we think of. We think of the, the movies where the drawers are opening up and the doors are slamming. And I know some of that stuff, hap- stuff happens around us and everything. And so it'd be great if we could see that obvious all the time around us warfare because Satan works in those ways. But his favorite way to work is the unseen. To be subtle, to go around and do this. Here's the things that he does. Number one, he works through deceit. From the very beginning, and the woman said, the serpent beguiled me and I did eat. Revelation chapter 20, verse 10, and the devil that deceived them. Do you guys see Genesis, deceiver, at the very end of time, deceiver. You want to know what he does as he deceives. If you want to know why we have to be aware of the devil of what he's doing, he will be out to deceive God's people and he is out to deceive the world. He wants to make you think that other people don't care, that the church doesn't care, that the enemy that is the real enemy is not the enemy. The Bible says that they call evil good and good evil. Who is behind all of that? 
It's the enemy trying to flip it around. I fear for our young people. And I'll tell you, and I, I say this to everybody, but I, I, I fear for our kids to grow up in a church that you hear the gospel, but it becomes so common language that it never hits your heart. Check your heart. Because the thing is, if he is out to deceive, the thing that he's going to do to the very end is make you think you are okay. The Bible says very clearly in Matthew chapter 7, he says, many will say to me in that day, did we not do wonderful things and spread mulch around the church? Did we not go to camp and cry at the altar? Did we not do all these things in your name? And Jesus says to them, depart from me, for I never knew you. Not that you lost it. I never knew you. You had it in your head. You had the emotions. You had the works. You, you did the, the, the activities. You went through all the things that you knew. You, get, you were like a spiritual robot. I know that because I was that teenager. But if there is no desire and there is no true conviction and nothing's happening in the inside and you're just going through the motions, wake up because Satan is the deceiver. Say, why are you saying that in a message like this? Because I know this, as we're nearing the end, he needs to do anything that he can to distract you from accepting Jesus Christ. And by the way, people do go to hell straight from a church pew. This building doesn't change you. Anything that he, we do and all the activities, and that's what that passage is all about. It doesn't do that. And to, to be the callous mindset of I'm okay and spiritual robots and go through the motions and not have it in your heart can be a great deception of the devil. Deceit, but also division. I've never really thought about this before, but this principle is just so powerful in Scripture. Let me go back a little bit in Ephesians and let me tell you about what he was doing. In the garden from the very beginning with Adam and Eve, if you saw what he was trying to do, when he was done with his deception, what happened? They were kicked out of the garden. There was separation. If you know what sin came in, there was death. Cain and Abel rise up against each other. There's death that comes from that. Everything that we read in the Bible talks about Christians and unity. It talks about Christians coming together. Let me just read these verses. Listen to this. Ephesians 2 verse 21, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord. What was he saying through this when he was talking about this fitly framed together? Unity. We have to come together. We have to stand together. <clears throat> Chapter 4 verse 2, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love. I'm going to ask you guys right now, has your Facebook resembled that verse? Think about that. With all lowliness and meekness and long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. Endeavoring, fighting, striving to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Because there is one body and one Spirit, even as you are called in the hope of your calling. Ephesians 4 verse 16. From whom the whole body fitly joined together maketh increase of the body unto edifying itself in love. The Bible says in Matthew 16, 18, a passage that we've studied many times, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. You know what the word church is? It's assembly of God's people together. Amen. Now you've got to think about it. If all, everything that we read, one after another, after another, another, is God bringing the church together and God bringing people together and God bringing humanity together. If that is the goal and the mission of our, our God, what does Satan have to do? His only hope is literally to cause division. 
And Jesus warned this in Mark uh, 3.30, uh, 24. And if a kingdom be divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. Now remember that when we get to Ephesians here in a minute about standing. And if a kingdom is divided, I don't care if you put on the full armor of God and all of the things that you're talking about doing. If you are divided, you can not stand. And by the way, that is not Pastor Tony saying that. That is the word of God saying this. And if a house be divided against itself, that house cannot stand. Literally meaning that it's going to fall apart. You guys come back up here for a minute. Because you've got to think of what's happening with this. Satan is going to go after us any way he can. So the unity of this is just being together. The, the, the house, the church of God, fitly joined together. The unity, the called out, whatever. And I tell you, it's, it's terrible. Like when you don't want to come to church because you don't want to be around somebody else that you had anger problems. Or you come in the house and you're arguing with your spouse, but you avoid each other in the other room. Anything that he can do to push us apart. So you've got to understand what he is doing. He deceives us. That's the first thing that he does. You know what? He really doesn't care about you. I guarantee what he posted, he was going against you. He was trying to say something evil against you. And I'll tell you what, he, the way that he looked at you with that church, he was judging you for how you came in late. You came in 10 minutes late. And he was, you know, and, and this is what he does. He's constantly the prince in the power of the air. He, he manipulates us. He deceives us. He's a liar. Amen. He's not going to tell you the truth. And I tell you right now in media and social media and everything going around, just lies, 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 lies. And this is what he's trying to do through all of that. He just comes and he just tries to have to do this. Now I'm going to make you a, a point here. This is something that Christians need to understand. If we know that Satan is the author of division, if we know that Satan is what he uses to divide us and push us apart, is sin. Then both Christians have to be awake enough to know that if they're separated, that sin got in the middle of them. So, well, we just disagree. We'll disagree all the time. We're, never, we're, we're not robots. We have opinions. We have feelings. But the Bible says, come, let us reason together, saith the Lord. The Bible talks about if you have a problem with your brother, go to him and talk to him about it. But I tell you, the more that this happens in families and the more that this happens in church and the more that this happens in society, the more Satan wins. So this is what we've got to do. If there's division... You know what we the natural thing to do? And this is the next thing. Our enemy is not people. Our enemy is not people. You've got to have that in your head. If you sit there saying, I'm sick of him. I can't stand him. I don't want to be around him. I, I, I can't stand his face. And all those things are going through your mind right now. You've got to have it in your mind to understand that Satan has got in your head to deceive you and tell you a lie, to push you away. You know what the Christians have to do is just say, he is not the problem. In our nation right now, if we could wake up as Christians and acknowledge this, police officers are not the problem. And I know I'm saying some controversial things right now. I'm saying spiritually speaking in light of what we're talking about right now, he is out to push us apart, tear us apart, divide us. We're about to go through a time of election. And you know what there's going to be? Some that are Democrats, I'm sorry, and some that are Republicans, sorry, and some that are independents. There's going to be Democrats, there's going to be Republicans, and there's going to be everybody else. And you know what Satan's going to try to do in the church and families and everything else? He's going to try to push you apart. And he will use any stinking tool that he can. 
We, we've had division even in our society when it comes to wearing masks versus not wearing masks. Whether you should have to go one way down an aisle in the store, I think that's completely stupid. Everybody is just that. And all of a sudden, we're so rallied up around these things, so worked up about these things, that we begin to form opinions about other Christians, about things that don't matter in light of eternity. Amen. So why am I trying to say, I know there is huge issues right here. Because by the way, racism is nasty sin. They should have been way louder than that. Racism is sin. And as much as abortion is sin and any other thing, but I think sometimes we're sitting there going, I don't know. Here's how I know what is right and wrong. It's right here. And anything that involves hate, that drives people apart, that God created and God loves, you got to point it in the middle and say, that is sin. And so is disrespecting people in authority. So is you say, well, you're getting on things. Nope, I'm only getting on one thing. This is all that matters. And for a society that's going to call good evil and evil good, all I know to do is to stand on what is right. And lean that because he's going to do this all the time and come between us. I thought of this. I don't know if Richard was able to get it. I found this video clip, and this is, this is what Satan does. I've been watching a lot of nature shows, and my family's been making fun of me. So these are, I don't know what they are, but they're two animals. I don't, they're antelope, elk, elk, they're elk. Now watch this. I don't know what they are. They're fighting. They're, they're there. Are they watching what's going on whatsoever around them? But Satan is a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. You want to know why they get tore apart? You want to know why they fall and they fail? This, imagine this being Christians right now, being the church right now and fighting. And this is what happens. You might want to close your eyes. And you say, that's brutal, that's graphic. That's Satan. Amen. Your enemy as a roaring lion. Now, one, one minute we're talking about how subtle he is. He just slithers in and begins to mess with our minds and pushes apart. And the next minute he's devouring you because you know what happens? Divided, we are weak. Divided, we're weak. You talk about the cords of strain of three cannot be, you know, all the different things that the Bible talks about, marriage and everything. We are weak when we are divided. If we can come together as Christians, I promise you, we can change some of these major issues that are happening. Because I promise you, with most of the things that we're having, for some guy to kneel down on another guy's while he's screaming for his life and to choke his life out, that is a heart issue that is deep. That, that is Satan at work big time. And we as Christians say life is valuable and it matters and we stand for it. And at the same time, we stand up for what is right because we do not handle things wrong by tearing apart our city. And I've been called all sorts of things for different views on that. And all I know is to take it back to Scripture and say whatever right is right till Jesus comes back, that will not change. You guys can be seated. Let me finish with this. Christians have got to wake up. We must fight against the real enemy. And I'm going to tell you, we have got to finish strong. In in this passage right here at the end of it, maybe we overlooked this. He said in verse 13 that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. You think about this. Now, the analogy that he is talking about for we wrestle not, I watched a whole video on this because I thought it was fascinating, the history behind it. And they were talking about the history behind the wrestling was literally like we have today, some of the wrestling in like high school and stuff, 
where they had a sport and they would try to take the enemy down and the whole thing was just to knock them off their feet and then pin them down. That was the thing. There was strength and stability as long as they could stay on their feet. But the object was to get them off their feet. It's the same thing in our wrestling today. But they were saying when Paul was talking about this, he said they were just soaking it up because they totally understand the visual of it because it was part of their culture. Part of our culture, let me give you a visual, is football. Now, I know everybody watches football, but there is a principle involved with that that we understand. When you get towards the end of the game and they're all intense and they're doing it, and all of a sudden they blow the, they blow the horn and the buzzer or whatever you want to call it at the two-minute what? Warning. A two-minute warning. And at the two-minute, everything shuts down and the enemy comes in one side. Well, the, the opposite team comes in one side. And then the one in the team, and they sit there, and he pulls out the playbook, and he literally says, "Hey guys, it's time to up our game. It's it's uh, first of all, you two need to stop fighting. We're a team. We don't go out there and shove each other like that. By the way, we're trying to win this game. There's a lot at stake, you know. And they get out there, and then we're 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 going to do the hail mary at the end. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. But the, the thing is, you play differently in those last two minutes than you did the whole rest of the game." I believe COVID-19 was the two-minute warning. And I'm not saying that as like, oh, did God give you some sort of word from heaven that he's coming back? And no man knows the day nor the hour. But man, I have a Bible that is full of instructions and news and facts for me to be aware of. And God calls us to the side and shuts everything down. He says, stop over here. I need you to go back in that game and play and give it all you've got. I, I, I need you to be willing to throw yourself over that line. I need you to tackle. I need you to run till you can't run. You know, how, how you would coach a football team in that aspect of understanding. And I know, and I, I've said this so many times, I know that I will be labeled as the, the Noah pastor of Fellowship Baptist Church. The rain is coming. The rain is coming. Get on the boat. Pastor Tony is, has lost it. He's a weirdo. I'll tell you, anybody that stands for truth and talks about a rapture, you might be called a, a, a weirdo. And the Bible says in the last days there would be scoffers. And if you don't understand everything that's going on, I challenge you to get in with us on Wednesday night and study this out. But I want you guys to know that both teams regroup and then they go back on fighting. And the Bible says that this, at the end of this, having done all this stand. Let me break this down and just tie the pieces together of what we've already said. Number one, we've got to stand together. You say, well, you've already proved that point. No, 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 no. I was talking about we can't be separated. There's a whole lot of thing of just not being separate in the fact of coming together as a team. And the fact that, I'll tell you what, yellow, black, white, we're all the family of God and we better treat each other like it. Amen. Respect, honor, stand up, love. And I tell you, there has been a problem in our country. And there has been. I, I, I grew up in Alabama. I grew up in the South. I've seen stuff and been around things and things like that. And, I'm, and it's just, it's, it's in our world. You say, why is it in our world? Because Satan's in our world. And he hates, he hates God's people coming together. And he loves division. And he says in this about us coming together, we are the church of God. What brings us together as a church is not our color, but the gospel and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And if anybody at any point in time ever treats anybody any different, you are wrong. That's not me being judgmental. That's me just telling you the truth. 
you are wrong. How dare we stand up and we point out truth and, and, and lies and deceptions and sin and every other thing, and we want, we want to turn our heads to some of these things. And I think sometimes not acknowledging things being wrong is what irritates the other side of, of feeling like they're alone, that you will call out every sin but some of these. We've got to stand together. And Mark, when he was talking about that, Mark uh, 3, 24, he talked about a kingdom cannot stand. In Ephesians 4, he talked about endeavoring to keep the unity of this and I think sometimes we don't fully understand what the Bible is saying because sometimes we get a visual and I, I paint the picture of the football and I think that helps us to understand. But guys, don't run out of here with a football game saying, Pastor Tony said to play strong. I'm not talking about running to go play football. It's just a visual. The same way that Ephesians was. Did any of you grow up with this picture when we're talking about this passage? Put on the full armor of God. That is an awesome visual but that's not how I live my everyday life. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and I know that is the visual, is the teaching method that God was using to paint it out. Talking about like the lost sheep and all the other things that we have. It's a visual. Now, I've seen this visual lately, like people going to Walmart and stuff. But I mean, that's a whole different thing. But I, I'm, the visual that we're talking about here is he was literally saying there's a way to live as Christians to fight against the evil day. And I think sometimes we get so caught up in that picture that we lose out on the other picture of what he was saying. The Bible says in Ephesians 4, and all these things are in Ephesians 4, he says that Christians, that we would henceforth not be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind and doctrine by the slate of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. He said about this game, he said, Christians should not be pushed over. We should not be manipulated. We should not form opinions just off of what we read on Facebook. We should not walk out uh, being divided because of what, something we read on the news and, and all these others. Th then that's going to happen. He said Christians should not be pushed around. We shouldn't. So you say, what, what should we be doing? The Bible says this. So when he says the word stand, 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 and then he says, therefore, when you've done all to stand, what was the all referring to? The all was saying, take unto you the whole armor of God. Literally, as he was saying that, he was saying, you will be able to stand and stay on your feet when you do this, take the full armor of God. Now, let's not just throw up a picture of a dude in armor, but let's talk about what that looks like in real life. He says, stand, stand, therefore having your loins girt about with what? I'll say it again. Having your loins girt about with what? Truth. It's not just metal Clanking while you are known. He says, I want you to wrap your life in truth. And notice the other thing that he says, and having on, protecting your heart with the breastplate of what? Righteousness. Righteousness, that which is right. So you say, how do we go out of here from here and what do we do? What do we do? I mean, honestly, what do we do? Here it is, Christians. Are you ready for this? We declare truth and we stand on truth together. So I'm going to do this. As a pastor, I come across racism, and I see it in our church and our, our society. We call it out. That is sin, and that is wrong, and it should not be in our society, and it definitely should not be in the church. As much as we do with lying, backstabbing, fornication, adultery, all the other things that we love to throw out and say those are, that these are things that will creep in because Satan will do anything to, to slip in there. 
We stand on what is right. There, there's, an, there's a principle that's going to happen in the last days. And a couple of weeks ago, I preached this in Matthew. He said, the love of many will wax cold and iniquity would abound. Now, I'm not going to re-preach what I said. There's words in the Bible that describe iniquity, describe sin. You say, why didn't he just say sin? Why didn't he just say, there's another word that is used in the Bible about sin. It's the word trespasses. You guys heard that? Use our trespasses and sin. Have you ever studied what the trespasses is? It's the same word as we use in our culture. There's a line. You cross over it. You're sinning. God draws the line. Okay? Not man. Not government. Now, there are some principles that go there. God put government into place for us to follow. Don't speed and things like that. But there's a line. What's going to happen in our culture and in end times is man will do that which is right in his own eyes. They will erase the line and say, who are you to tell me what to do? Who to love, who to marry, who to hate, who to love. It's going to, guys, get ready for it. That's, that's what the whole thing was talking about. Is there would be no lines. And then iniquity abounds, multiplies, explodes. And we are placed smack in the middle of this so that I can rise up, not by myself, but we stand together and be strong in the Lord, you brethren. I've got to make sure that I am fighting the right enemy because nobody in this room, nobody in the White House, nobody in the Capitol building, nobody wearing blue, Nobody that is black, nobody that is white is my enemy. And if you ever have the feelings towards them acting like they are, you have a sin issue in your heart. Being honest with you, you can, if you dislike me for saying that, you don't have to dislike the word of God because I am not saying that in my opinion. But he closes this out with this. Notice how he says this in verse 18. And there's a lot more that he could talk about the peace and everything else that comes from the believer. But he says in verse 18, read this with me. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Watching thereto with all perseverance and supplications for all saints. He closes this out. He said, let me just say it like this. Strive to keep unity with your brothers. Pray with them. Pray for them. Be strong in the Lord. Don't do it alone. And he ties that in for all the saints persevere in supplications of pleading with them in prayer and going with them in perseverance or or our consistency and standing with them in all of that stuff. Satan's not going to win. But he's going to try with everything that he has. 